0: Hey folks and welcome to Dyson with Design episode 12 Just me here this week Uh, I'm going to just be continuing on with the interview we had last week with uh, Julian Bell from Rakes Games Uh, I mentioned it last time around that uh, we ended up going on for quite a while, having a good chat um, Some about the game itself, which is what you heard last week Uh, But this week we're going to go on to uh, Julian's thoughts on the business side of games So I thought this would be quite interesting to um, our listeners out there who... Uh, Basically running your own games companies Those of you who are interested in learning a bit more about how to market games How to uh, find publishers, how to find artists, that type of stuff So you can get your games out into the world So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that from uh, Julian We've got about probably 20-25 minutes of that coming up Now I just wanted to make one little uh, addendum to the uh, interview last week Uh, It came up apparently, it wasn't Julian himself, he um, thought it was all fine, but apparently there was a few of their playtesters who obviously uh, really liked the game, um, justifiably so obviously, great game it is Uh, but they were um, a little bit put out by our comments about it being uh, slightly, well we didn't exactly say it, but there was apparently insinuations that it was unoriginal uh, or even stolen, but it's obviously entirely not true Uh, the rig system is completely original Um, and Julian and I were chatting chatting about just the fact that there's um, very little that hasn't been done in games these days, so most games do have derivative sides to them, they take bits from one game, bits from another game and put them together in a better way. Uh, so uh, just to let you know, that's all we were saying last time around, that uh, the Rake system uh, borrows from other places, it, it's inspired by other games, but it's certainly an original system itself, so uh, yeah, well worth trying out. We've also got a, a little um, audio clip that Grant and I recorded after a game of Warhammer uh, a few weeks back. Uh, we played uh, Bretonians versus um, Warriors of Chaos in a bit of a Battle Brothers uh, warm-up. Uh, all five of us, are, uh, actually six of us, are going down to uh, Warhammer World in Nottingham in September for the Battle Brothers tournament. Uh, so we're all teaming up. Uh, I'm playing with Joe. We've got a good old... Um, uh, old edition uh, alliance in terms of the Wood Elves and the Bretonians. We're going to see if we can uh, get the old Forgotten Armies to have a bit of a victory. Uh, we've got Grant teaming up with uh, Russ. Uh, they're playing uh, Warriors of Chaos and Demons of Chaos. I think Russ is usually a Lizards player actually, but uh, he's got himself some new Demons of Chaos uh, who are ridiculously tough. I found out a couple of nights ago when I played with uh, Joke but um, yeah we'll see how they fare at the tournament and then we've got our, uh, our good friends Matt and his brother and Pete who are teaming up uh, a bit of an unholy alliance they've got it's um, Vampires and the Empire Uh, So I think they've got some kind of Fluff story around uh, the Empire General being uh, in thrall of the Vampire so uh, but that should be An interesting one to watch anyway Uh, But anyway we've got uh, yeah so that Practice that Grant and I had um, a few Weeks back up at his house uh, We had a bit of a um, Dissection of it afterwards, chat for about 15 Minutes about what we thought went wrong What we thought could do better so uh, that might be Interesting to any of you out there that play Warhammer Especially if you're a Warrior Chaos player Or a Bretonian player so, um, yep, yeah, that'll come up after Julian Bell's um, interview. In terms of other updates, uh, we've not been up to too much lately. We've uh, played a few rounds of uh, Joe's Game Eternal Contenders. Uh, we're playing a Hangouts version of it, and we've been trying out a few different methods of playing. Uh, trying out the uh, the Rule uh, 20 tool. Uh, it seems to work quite well, actually. It's not too bad. us draw our cards. Um, there's a few little glitches and uh, stuff like... You can, well, it doesn't make unique cards, so you've just got your own deck, so that's not quite ideal. Uh, but it works quite well. It, it's, it's a decent little card drawer that um, helps us work it over. Um over the internet we were using hangouts before and just drawing our own cards uh, or I was screen sharing a a website card drawer Uh, but be interested to hear what you guys experience are with playing games online Um, our contenders experience is pretty good actually it's not too bad at all not quite the same as face to face but uh, certainly not lacking too badly but if you've got any experience with uh, different systems um, that you use like Roll20 or whether you're just like you just play on Skype or hangouts uh, what kind of um, methods you use, what kind of tools you use to, uh, to show your uh, dice rolls and your cards. We'd be kind of uh, wondering about uh, having a couple of different webcams. So if I have two systems, if I've got my, my laptop set up alongside my desktop and I've got the laptop webcam pointing at a piece of the table which I roll dice or draw cards on, well, that would work quite well. But I'm not sure. It'd be good to hear what uh, you lot out there do uh, to, uh, to play games online. Uh, on that note as well I'm not sure whether this is going to work but we've been uh, talking about trying to get a bit more Warhammer practice in uh, and that means trying to uh, play a proxy game uh, with each of us in a different location we're wondering if that could work Uh, so we both got a table uh, and we try and have a webcam pointing down on the table so that we can actually try and follow each other's movements i suspect it might get a little bit tricky in terms of measurements and angles and all that kind of stuff maybe we'll need to have one kind of um one Canon table, so that's the the table that uh, is it's uh, sort up of the accurate measurements and the other one's just to let the other person have an idea of um, measurements, angles, all that kind of stuff, but we're not sure, we haven't really figured that out yet, but I think it's worth a shot. Um, out of interest as well, if anybody has any feedback on systems where they use to play tabletop games, that'd be really great, we'd, have, we'd love to have a chat about that at some point on the podcast. Um, we've, uh, we've been longing to play a bit more Warhammer, but we're also spread out these days that it's a bit tricky. Uh, I'd be well up for trying some other ones as well. I've always quite fancied a bit of War Machine, a bit of uh, Malifaux, that type of stuff. Um, but it's uh, it's quite tricky to meet up often enough. But if you could actually play that type of stuff online a bit more easily, um, it would certainly be uh, a bit more appealing. Besides that, uh, I bought uh, XCOM this week, so we're going to try and play a little bit of uh, XCOM: anime Unknown on uh, my Xbox. Uh, I've got a friend that's bought it as well, so we're going to try a bit of multiplayer. Not sure how that'll work out, but I'm a huge fan of the old XCOM game. Used to have it on my Amiga, Uh, so I'm really looking forward to giving that a shot. I'm going to try and play that a bit after uh, after finishing up with this podcast. Uh, But other than that, I think that's it for the gaming for this week. Uh, So, seeing as Grant and Joe aren't around, I won't go on too long, and uh, I'll let you get on with the interviews. Uh, So uh, thanks for coming and listening, and I hope you enjoy them. Well, that's a good segue actually because uh, I did want to have a wee chat about the kind of the more business side of it because like I said um, mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are games designers a lot of them are bringing out their yeah. own games trying to figure out how to get them out there get them actually bought by people um, what are you what are you doing at the moment to sort of promote this then uh, for when's the launch again
1: uh, we're uh, we're actually launching a um, the book is set to release this uh, quarter four of this year sure and uh, I say we um, as rakes games uh, we, we are having a Kickstarter mm-hmm. launching August 1st, which is uh, very, very soon. Yeah, And uh, the Kickstarter takes off, uh, it'll be probably one month of a Kickstarter. Uh, it may be two months, it m- most likely it'll be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Kickstarter is for additional funds um, to hire more artists yeah, okay, yeah. and to um, deal with some of the distribution costs. And I originally started this as um, self-publisher and um, and going into everything on my own. And, yeah. I, and I highly recommend for designers, the more you can do on your own and the more you can own um, on your own is definitely the better way to go. If you have to pay out residuals and you have to pay out um, uh, this guy and that guy and, and this producer and that producer, mm-hmm. then you start running into the risk of spending more time running the business and less time dealing with the system. And ultimately, you got into this most likely because you like designing games and playing games and you like the fun of it so um i I would i would highly recommend the more you can do as as a sole proprietor as an individual the better and um but but (laughs) your game's most likely not going to reach a wide audience yeah so the next step is get yourself a producer that's connected to other people within the industry Mm Mm-hmm I can't say my producer's name because he doesn't want me to, <laughs> um, but um, but he's a good guy, um, yeah. a great guy. And um, ultimately what getting a producer will do is allow you access to the suits and ties. And if you can get a producer, that that person's job is to shake hands with people with money, mm-hmm. find you notable artists that are... Very, very popular in the industry or in the particular field that you're trying to sell your game in. Mm-hmm. They can connect hands with publishers, other publishers, um, distributors. Uh, th- they're going to find you money that you didn't know existed, right, and there's okay. a lot of money out there to be had. Yeah. And um, when you start playing the the game of politics, <laughs> you start to learn that there are people that are sitting on huge amounts of cash waiting to, to to throw it at the next thing. And what they want is a percentage and a piece of your pie. Mm. If you're if you're doing it by yourself and you're and you're releasing the game by yourself, then you're gonna get everything back for yourself. So you're gonna make what you put in. But if you have these other people taking a small profit of that, that's not a big deal when you're making bigger, bigger numbers. Mm. If if I alone can only go, you know, drive my car to the local gaming store and say, hey, can you sell my book? And they say, well, I'm only going to sell it at half the MSRP and I'm only going to give you 10% of the profits. Yeah, yeah. That's different than if you have 5,000 units that are going out, you know, universally to, to neighboring <coughs> cities. Yeah and bringing back a different percentage because it's yeah. been negotiated differently. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, and, I mean, a small um, section of yeah. a very big pie is better than a big
1: section of a very, very small pie. <laughs> exactly, and, that, and that's really what you have to wait. And, and you may not have those producers to help you. So ultimately, you want to, you want to look at, okay, where am I? Do I have contacts? And how, how do my contacts help me at this point? Mm. If you don't have anyone... I highly recommend just you know release it on your own do what you can to bolster a small indie fan base and once you gain that fan base then make another product if you have if you have like the best product in the world and, and you say my game is amazing everyone needs to see this don't release that first release something else right okay. that's gonna get people interested yeah. release your awesome game <laughs> when you have money behind it right. because you don't want to release your great game first Blow all your steam out, and then say, "Oh well, I don't have anything else that can compare to that." <laughs> and now I'm popular. Yeah. So keep your um, keep
0: your great ideas for the uh, <laughs> the back burner for the <laughs> for, for the great
1: good money. Um, and at the end of the day, we are making something for people to play, and we want yeah. people to have fun with it. But it, it's a business. Yeah. And um, from the business side, you have you have to have a product. You have to have legal to secure your product. Mm-hmm. You have to have uh, a publisher, which I'm a self-publisher, so I've got that part covered. Um, You have to have a distributor, and that distributor has to have um, retailers, Mm -hmm. and those retailers have to have customers. So along that way, that's six different steps. Yeah. And every time you go farther down the step, you're taking more and more of your profit away. (coughs) So me as a publisher, self-publishing really makes it easy for me to cut that person out so now I've got the legal and the publisher side covered on my end yeah yes I have to pay for some legal but it's not as much as I would have to pay if I went through another company yeah yeah um and so. the distributors from a self-publisher you're, you're talking to the distributor so you're setting what those rates are yeah right. you can even go on further as a self-publisher and say, I'm now going to talk to the retailers and bring my book and hand it to them and say here sell this and then they give it directly to the customers. Yeah. Or you can sell games on your website or through Amazon and deal directly to the customer. Uh-huh. Every time you cut somebody out, you make more money. Yeah. So what platforms did you use for self-publishing then?
0: Any in particular? Uh, oh, who are we going through distributor-wise? Uh, in terms or what of platform you know, am I building the do you the do you just sort of create the the book yourselves and put it straight on Amazon, or were you actually going through stuff like um, Zulu or that type of thing?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, well, the book is um, compiled through—I mean, different programs like Word and Photoshop yeah. and uh, you know Adobe—and mm-hmm. um, the layout of it is all done through me. And that's one of the things that if you don't have those skills, you you will need a publisher to, mm-hmm. to lay out your book and yeah. to um, to deal with deal with the little things. Um, if if you don't know how to publish you need to do some research because you need to buy yourself fonts, licensing for fonts. Yeah. You need to make sure that you're not using any information that's copyright by someone else. Um, especially with gaming, there are similar rules, there are similar titles, similar names. Some things like uh, Dungeons and Dragons is a copyright word. You, or it, it, I believe it it's trademarked. Um, right. You can't use those in conjunction to themselves. You'll yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> um, Rakes games I- in conjunction to itself is trademarked. You, mm. you can't utilize that for yeah. your own system. Um, there, there are certain words that are used in other game systems that you have to find an alternative to that word. You get get your thesaurus out and start um, thinking outside the box. <laughs> but um, people don't realize that you have to pay for fonts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some public fonts, but there are not many. Um, the uh, the fact that you have to make yourself a uh, sole proprietor, an LLC, or a corporation. I have a sole proprietorship, but I also deal with LLC. Um, there are other companies that I deal with that are corporations. All of those are different things, and you really should have knowledge of what you're dealing with before yeah. you jump into any hoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Oh, I'm
0: getting off the topic. What was the question? That's okay. Again? Uh it was it was well you answered most of it. I was just curious yeah. how you put the books out there basically.
1: How, oh putting it together. Yeah. Oh, well of- I've I've talked to a lot of um indie distributors yeah. um up to this point. And I will say, and I mentioned to you before we did the podcast, um there are some things I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and right now is uh this is a very, very interesting week because the phone has been going off. Um and there are original people that I was going to to Published through will most likely happen but there are these other opportunities now um, where the market is expanded for me and there are some other names of artists that may change some things hmm and uh, Do you a- another publishing company so I may oh. not at the end of the day be putting this out from rakes games publishing it oh, may okay. be rakes game system in oh. chrome or 2145 from a different publisher mm-hmm. Um, do you think just you you mentioned artists,
0: and you mentioned them a while back as well about getting bigger name artists? Do you think that that sells a game more?
1: I think that it doesn't sell a game to the hardcore player. Mm-hmm. It sells a game to the new audience. Right. And anytime you're walking through a game store, anytime you're anytime you're anywhere, art is going to be the thing that draws your eye first. Mm. If it looks cool, it's going to be appealing. Why do we buy comic books? Why do we buy you know? action movies um mm. why, why do we go see action movies yeah uh if if it if it's dull and amateur you're you're not really interested yeah it the system more, might be amazing but who yeah. does that appeal to it was more so you were saying you were talking as if
0: people would look for the name of the artist like actually people would follow artists and buy uh, games
1: based on yeah. who drew well, that that's true um there are artists <coughs> that are fantastic that um have been working so far with me um uh, specifically Kyan, Kyle uh, Thelaine and um, an Italian artist um, by the name of Lorenzo uh, Massaro. Okay. And the two of them have been doing some great stuff. Um, and there's a couple other artists too. I, I don't want to um, diminish the other artists. that Yeah, are sure. Are, yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, those two guys specifically are doing some great stuff and they're brand new guys. Mm-hmm. They, they've never really done um, anything to this caliber from yeah. from my knowledge um, before. Yeah. Um, and, and they're great. And their art's great, but they're not the name of maybe somebody that's been around for 30 years that's been doing art for comics and RPG books and, and video games. And when you add a name that's bigger, all of a sudden it opens up doors, not only necessarily for the retail audience, but to those Those pockets of money I was talking about before. Yeah, that's someone I hadn't thought of. This guy's involved. Yeah. Oh well, we'll, we're willing to drop another hundred thousand on that product. You know, because now, now we're interested in investment into it because he has past history. Yeah. His credentials are better. So. So. Yeah. So the shoppers don't know, but the but the publishers do, and the the publishers do the funders. And that's (laughs) that's who you're trying to sell it to ultimately. Is is. The investment, yeah. because you can sell anything if you put it in front of an audience. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, how much of an audience you have to put in front of. Yeah. Uh-huh. If it's garbage, you have to put it in front of a lot of people, but, you know, people buy garbage. Yeah. If it's a, a good system, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's going to sell, but it's not going to sell as well to new audiences unless you have publishers and, and, and producers and investors that are really interested in it and putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's great.
0: So what about the uh what about the the question that's going on just now around um digital or print? Are you doing both? Or do you think yeah. it's going
1: one yeah. way or the other? Uh no, it'll definitely be both. Yeah. Um the print is happening. That's one of the reasons for the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. actually. Um the uh the digital side will be a definite, of course. Yeah. Um definitely digital PDF immediately. Yeah. Um the uh the print will be hardcover and um possibly soft cover after that. Sure. There are uh various modules that will be coming out in soft cover. There is at least two companion settings that will be released next year and the the year after, uh fourth Chrome War twenty one forty five. Um I don't wanna say anything right now in case something changes. Yep, sure. Um based on the names and, and what they would be but uh right now those those two will most likely be hardcover uh one will be 100 pages but that will be softcover and the other one i'm pretty sure will be much longer and and be uh, deemed hardcover worthy but um but yeah right now we're looking at both and uh the the possibility of licensing to a computer game is already in the air um there are some other other aspects for board game type things that have been tossed around for a while. There's yeah. there's actually a playtest of a, a board game with the rake system that's been going on for a while now. Yeah. Um,
0: so how do you see that's opportunities that seem pretty pie in the sky to a lot of the sort of small designers that I know. How yeah. do you? How do? You, how on earth do you go about getting a licensing for a
1: computer game? <laughs> is that? Is that again the contacts the, the people? Yeah, the contacts are <laughs> really, really, really helpful there. And um, I mean, at the at the end of the day, you you just have to look at it and say, this could be huge, or it could be small. If you if you go into it thinking it's going to be small, it's going to be small. Mm-hmm. And if you go into it thinking it's going to be huge, the worst that's going to happen is it's small. <laughs> and um, what, I, what I've told the people in the past, is, and it's not the think big, dream big thing, it's, it's focus on making the best product that you can. And if you happen to have those contacts, um, which I'm fortunate enough to have a few of, then they're going to see the interest and the effort that you put into it and they're going to want to you know profit off that which isn't a bad thing yeah yeah and and once they say hey this is a professional working on this it's just not a guy in his basement you know making up a dungeon uh this guy's actually got something that's worthwhile it could be you know something that for for the future to to make a brand out of yeah and at the end of the day i would love chrome War 2145 to be a brand i i want to see a chrome War 2145 movie yeah um and and uh, on that note, I've actually got a fiction novel um that's uh mm. counterproductive. it's It's a novel coming mm-hmm. out um, next year that's based in the Chrome War setting world, um, completely by itself, uh, its own novel, but a three hundred and twenty page novel that hopefully will have uh, a five book series in it. Mm-hmm. So in that light, that's a brand in itself. Yeah. so as as a designer and a developer, you want to think of, you know, is this a standalone, Board game I'm making is this a standalone, uh, simple 100-page book, or is this something that is much bigger? And how can I make it bigger? And when I was developing the Chroma 2145 universe, this uh, cyber steam world, uh, with with you know all these different political facets and all these um, different options for players to to exhaust um, over adventures, different different types of games and different professions they could you know play in the same settings. Uh, I, I really said, you know, how big can this be and how big can I make it? And I'm only going to scale back if if the system tells me to scale
0: back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think the uh, the books are really interesting
0: one, actually. Because, uh, you know, when you're trying to get somebody into a gaming system, it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to explain to them the stuff sort of... Well, the... Oh, yeah. the careers for example you're yeah what do what do you call them again so they're not careers professions professions your professions quite hard to explain until somebody reads a story about a couple of guys i've got all those professions and suddenly it all makes sense oh, well i yeah. mean
1: if you look at uh yeah yeah and that's that's funny and uh, it, the book actually it reads much more of a, i mean it's, a, it's an adventure um, science fiction story sure but you could go through it and say oh that guy's uh profession mer- mercenary or yeah. this guy's uh you know a, an explorer or something yeah. there's no explorer profession but something of that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. regard and uh you you can definitely say oh he just jumped over this or he grabbed onto this ship that's a fitness check with this difficulty <laughs> he must be this level yeah uh, i mean you could you could say that to just about anything yeah. but um it definitely helps uh, i mean look how big star wars is look yeah. how you know the rpg star wars rpg would never have taken off had there yeah. not been a a huge fan base for yeah, that the yeah. uh, the Serenity RPG would yeah. never have been made yeah absolutely um, and it wouldn't have any fans if it didn't <laughs> have Serenity attached yeah of to course it. <laughs> um What's no, even no offense to the serenity campaign at all yeah, um, absolutely yeah yeah, even just the like
0: reading the Warhammer books uh, oh, you, yeah. you sort of read uh, that and they never put in that you're you've got this certain unit which is doing this kind of check, but you know you're you're learning about it as you go along, it's really good to get that setting down
1: exactly and yeah. and Warhammer is one of those companies that have made an amazing brand for themselves, yeah. I mean they have video <laughs> games, they have board games yeah. they have uh, combat uh Combat board games yeah. uh, with the miniatures, and then yeah. they have RPG books yeah. and novels, and yeah. and I'm sure at some point there'll be a movie. Yeah, aye, if, and, there's, uh, if
0: there's anyone that's a good example of um, getting the most out of uh, one idea, it's uh, certainly Games Workshop.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I mean they, they they can drive it until it can't be driven anymore, aye, and then aye. and then pick up the parts and rebuild it. Yeah, um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, of the, course. Yeah, I mean that's a great design idea, and and I'm sure the guy originally i don't know who originally started um 40k and and the warhammer idea but i'm sure that started as just a a story where somebody was playing a game and said hey this would be cool why don't i have some space (laughs) marines and go fight some orcs?" yeah yeah and and then they said well how can i expand upon that and you know they thought big they didn't say i just want to have it be you know a simple tabletop game
0: yeah absolutely yeah Um, that's great um, the last question I had uh, I'm not going to yeah. keep too much longer because that's about an hour and a bit now uh, oh yeah
1: cut it down yeah. <laughs> cut <laughs> it
0: most was, of what I set up uh, no no not at all <laughs> um, it was around the uh, the actual practicalities of um, publishing your books like you were talking mm-hmm. about putting out the hard covers the soft covers a few uh, supplements and stuff like that I think right. that's what I was getting at with the platforms and I think that's what I know quite a few people are struggling with just now in terms of oh, where go to and, and where to talk exactly yeah and whether you go ahead and actually just pay like a good bit of money to get yourself uh, a thousand books printed up or whether you take a lot of a less cut and get it printed on demand what what are your thoughts on that kind
1: of stuff um my thoughts there are uh, it's a tough call because if you're just starting out and you don't really have anybody to Feed you money. I mean, Kickstarter is a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. And and I need Kickstarter because I'll say this: anyone going into business at all should never use their own money. <laughs> and if it's a dream of yours, if it's a hobby, don't throw a thousand dollars, don't throw three thousand dollars, don't throw five thousand dollars at at something that you don't know what's going to come back. Yeah, y- you may love it, but it's a business, and you have to separate those two things. And Unfortunately, as a designer, you, you want everyone to experience what you've given them. But you also have to make enough money back so that you can continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, a, an odd question, um, just open. But if you scale it down and say someone who's brand new who has nothing and has no money in their wallet, the best thing to do is major, make it for digital platform first. Mm-hmm. If it's popular, if it can sell on indie sites, um, Indie Press Revolution, uh, yeah. Drive Through RPG, yeah. uh, Amazon, a- anybody that you can go to and say, "Hey, I've got this product. Would you be interested in it?" and, and email them. They'll talk back to you. I, they'll they'll respond. Mm-hmm. If you have a if you have a website, make sure it's professional. Make sure uh, everything that you have is your own. Uh, you've copyrighted things. Um, make make sure you you have a business uh it's it doesn't cost much i know in the states to get a sole proprietorship is not expensive yeah to get an llc or a corporation cost a little bit more yeah. and that's where you start spending a couple hundred bucks here and there for little things Trademarking, yeah, it's still, still not much starts doesn't costing it, yeah. 500 bucks yeah. i don't know what it is in uh in london how many pounds there it is it's similar it's not much it's yeah yeah but um but you really just just look at you know what are you offering, and who's your audience, and the best thing for new people is you know don't don't do what I did and make your own system in your own setting, <laughs> you know, um, make a make a module for for a Pathfinder or a Warhammer or uh, a Wizards of the Coast, which Wizards of the Coast and Pathfinder are both Hasbro, but besides the point, you know, d- do something that you already enjoy. Yeah and make it unique enough that you get yourself noticed there Uh and also decide is this a hobby or is this a business because it's perfectly okay to make stuff for your friends and you know try to publish something and be making twenty thousand US dollars a year or um, thirty thousand pounds a year and 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 living your life that way and and you're not gonna make that much trust me Um, (laughs) If, if you're releasing just one small book but if you want to make it a business that's different and you kind of have to separate your love for the game and i, I don't get enough time to game anymore at all yeah um once i went full-time into this business which I, I worked in film industry as well and when i'm working in film i work 60 plus hours a week and that doesn't give me any time to do this no <laughs> um, so so if i'm working there i'm doing this late at night and um, excuse the fr- expression, but half-assed. Yeah. And if you can't put your full attention in, then you really can't get a good product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I guess ultimately, I would say, advice-wise, is if you have, if you have something good, and you'd like to start printing some books, and you think they'll sell, and that's the key—is you you think they'll sell versus you know they'll sell. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to. You don't want five thousand units sitting in your a house just yeah, you know destroying the floorboard <laughs> um you know you know print 100 books yeah and and see how they sell and then if there's a more of a demand print 100 more okay um i, I would definitely say that for, for people that are starting out yeah and um
0: no that's great stuff from somebody with a of experience yeah. that's cool um is there much of a market for it on amazon do you think or is it all drive-through rpg that type of stuff
1: i think the um the old school fans are definitely drive through RPG yeah. and uh, they have some great deals on there and they do some great stuff and they actually offer really good benefits to people publishing mm-hmm. through them. Yeah, and and yeah. drive through RPG does one thing that most other companies don't, which is um, print on demand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And um, I think I, I, this is offhand. I don't know it exactly, but I am pretty sure drive through RPG does something where they take 35% of the cost of selling the product. So you actually make if you say my MSRP of the book is is fifty dollars mm. and they take uh thirty five percent of that oh god no I just gave myself a number I'm not gonna be able to figure <laughs> um, which is like twelve fifty off fifty. Um yeah. so if so if they take thirty five percent they I think take another fourteen percent or so if if it's gonna be printed. Mm-hmm. So their cost of printing is actually cheaper than your cost of printing on your own. And that's a great way to go, yeah, is yeah. If, if you don't know, if you don't want to spend your own money, put up your product there and you're not losing anything.
0: Yeah, much lower risk. I mean, you're not making as much, but it's probably a good but way to get yeah, noticed, I guess.
1: They're printing on their dime. And yeah. and I guarantee you, uh, Chromo 2145 is going to be on the on their site doing the same thing. It's mm-hmm. going to be saying, you know, print on demand because I don't want to be bothered by having to provide them books. With hard copies, yeah. With hard copies. And um, places like Amazon or other companies, you know, you want to use a printer at that point. (coughs) You want to have a company that's got a layout, that's got the the design exactly how you want it. Because the worst thing that could happen is you've got your book, it's meticulous, it's perfect. You send it to a printer and... Uh, you know page four is off and that screws up the whole rest of the book yeah (laughs) and you don't you don't get to see what it looks like and you know even in odd pages make a difference (laughs) yeah and uh, you know how much spacing is in the corner of the inside of the odd page um you you know all all of that matters and at the end of the day if you don't know what it is don't do it yourself have somebody else do it
0: yeah Good advice, I would say.
1: Yeah, if you, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, yeah.
0: Kind of goes for all walks of life, really, doesn't but, yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool okay well that's I mean that's been really good it's been so interesting to hear about it and I I hadn't come across Rates Games at all before this and I've just been looking at the playtests and stuff since talking to you yeah and I think we're definitely going to get a game in uh, in the next uh, couple of months and uh, put a wee review up on the the website so Mm -hmm. uh, thanks very much for coming on and chatting to us about it oh definitely and good luck with the kickstarter i'll definitely i'll put out something about the kickstarter because i've been getting addicted to kickstarter and putting money in all sorts of things recently so i'm sure i'll let you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah cool thanks again then all right thanks all right i'll talk to you soon (laughs) so that was uh, Julian Bell from Rakes Games on um, all of his knowledge and wisdom about uh, getting your game uh, published getting it out into the world and uh, hopefully making a bit of money out of it as well as uh, making some people happy playing your game so now we're going to go on to uh, um report back, battle report from our uh, match a few weeks back. This was, uh, like I mentioned, Warriors of Chaos versus Pretonians, a little practice for Battle Brothers. Uh, so I hope you find this good. So we've just finished uh, uh, an epic—well, not epic—a small game of Warhammer, uh, a
2: thousand points each side, Warriors of Chaos versus. Britonians. Yep. Well, it's usually it's always epic for us. It's always an <laughs> epic journey through the rule books. How do we manage
0: to make a, a thousand point battle last four hours? <laughs> we only play about four games a year max. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is basically our practice, try to relearn the rules for uh,
2: Battle Brothers in the uh, Warhammer world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Until it also goes back to big rules, small world rules. This is a this is a big rules game, uh, but. Uh, absolutely Uh, we are going to take part in Battle Brothers it's a pairs tournament at Warhammer World Um, and yeah so we won't be partners but we're just getting used to the getting used to our thousand point lists Mm -hmm.
0: I liked my new uh, my new lord on uh, Mr. uh, Prince of Darkness's suggestion of course Uh, I've got uh, what have I got now I've got a, a lord with a uh, uh, birth sword of Carcassonne and he's got um, no, no. Tell a lie. It's the other way around. My battle, my bearer has got the birth, Sor- birth sword of Carcassonne and a uh, dragon helm and a luck stone. Uh, so he's basically got uh, an insanely good chance of hitting things. Um, and uh, he may he, we never used it actually, but he makes your guys reroll his uh, their saves. So if any of your guys it's actually made their saves <laughs> in that uh, battle which they didn't
2: there are, you don't they get many them. you don't get many saves against a strength 7 against no, the 7 attack yeah aye <laughs> you would have actually had to that's only in fact it's that redundant it's redundant the first round yeah yeah that's true in the aye first round, win, first round but win. then he
0: loses yeah but then he loses it down to 5 in the second uh, basically it gives him a bit of staying power if um Aye, if you last past the first round and I get stuck in a bit of a slog, well, that's the problem the one. for
2: the Bretonians, yeah. isn't it? Aye, then he does.
0: Uh, he saves himself a bit, and he will last a bit longer because of the Dragon Helm as well. So,
2: yeah, you and the, should be fairly pleased with with how your army performed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we say, yeah, go on and then describe
2: what happened, Grant. <laughs> I got I got tabled. Uh, I I brought my I spoke about it in the show before. I, I brought my. Uh Chaos shrine list of three three units of three small minimum sized units of chosen uh, which roll in the Eye of the Gods table to get a boost at the start of the game, but with an extra dice you choose the choose the bet choose whichever two you want, and then if they sit if they come in next to the war shrine they get to roll another dice and get to pick two dice. All with the aim of rolling a double six at some point. Uh, rolling two sixes out of those four dice. And uh, getting a demon prince for free, the champ- <laughs> your the unit champion uh, just flies off with a uh, in, in, as a raging demon. Yeah, which uh, you got first turn in this game if I don't get first turn that's not likely to happen then I have to rely on things like spells after that to, or well, the, the spell from the war shrine which isn't nearly as as easy to get off after that you'll well, only be rolling three, three dice
0: given that I've played you twice now with this um, build and you've had him first you've had him first turn both times and second turn for a second one the first time yeah. it doesn't seem
2: that difficult <laughs> oh no no i'm gonna get one but after right. after the after the first turn it becomes more difficult right okay yeah. uh because you don't yeah because basically i'm rolling, th- rolling like three times at the start only on the table three times at the start of the game four dice pick two yeah um whereas after that i have to get the spell off and i have to roll three dice and pick two right and i only get d3 of those rolls Right uh, if the spell goes off. So if it's not gonna yeah, uh basically it's not likely not as likely to happen afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, so I got my Demon Prince, I did entirely the wrong thing. Uh I think I think the, the story of this match was the story of this matchup was basically told in uh in turn two. <laughs> I think I did quite well. You're, you all all you had really was your Pegasus knights you could fly around anywhere hmm. and i've now i've still not managed to really get a hold of them
0: yeah i so um. i had i had a unit of 11 knights of the realm uh a bsb on a normal uh, just a horse that joined the knights of the realm a lord on a royal pegasus uh two trebuchets because it's filthy and uh what was my other one? Oh yeah three peg knights hi so yeah, basically my peg knights flew over, flew behind your units straight away, pretty much. And the Lord of the pigs Second night. turn, and the Lord um, flew up with the intention of attacking your shrine. That was his only aim, really. <laughs> that was all he was planning to do. Um,
2: and yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, well, what do you think went wrong? I can. Uh, well, uh, I got, well, I got behind you, but then what? I did quite well on your flank. I, uh, I, I did well. I, I used my starting to be able to use my little weak units. I had two units of Chaos Warhounds. One of them major guys run off the board. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But I didn't I overestimated the, the, the time it would take them to get round into the combat again. And they managed to combo combo charge along with those Pegas, Pegasi that were behind my yeah. behind my lines. Yeah. Uh so I was far too confident that I would be fighting off fighting off those units with my my only one good sized unit of Chaos Warriors yeah Uh, and my Demon Prince took three or four turns running up the running up the field to take on your on your Trebuchet yeah whereas I should have been using my Demon Prince to yeah, pair off or, or at least um scare you away from the combat yeah I was really glad that you made him run away to the
0: trebuches I have to say yeah well
2: that, that's where <laughs> that's that yeah after quite a promising start what I I tied up your tied up your your big unit of knights I yeah. I messed up by making the demon prince run away poor deployment is always for me as well I had a lot of chosen out in the flank and they never got into the combat till right at the end aye yeah they I just weren't. They just weren't around to support the attack, and they should have been. Me, I don't know. Me yeah. sitting back from the main block and yeah. uh, supporting my main block's attack. I think with the flying stuff,
0: it's it's obviously pretty tricky. But like, you tend to turn them round. Like, so if I get my peg behind you, you'll turn your unit round to face them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm no expert, but I, I kind of think that maybe you should just ignore the flying stuff because. No matter what if you turn them around, I can just fly over to the other side again yeah. and then turn them around fly over to the other side, yeah, maybe it's best just to concentrate on the the less maneuverable, so you should maybe maybe just
2: the big block of knights and try and get them face on, and then they obviously they' pit- maneuverable,
0: yeah they are still <laughs> Actually, pretty maneuverable in
2: a way and in a way not I can also get your flanks, yeah, which is what I should have had the demon prince doing, yeah, I. Probably should have Because he's more manoeuvrable Even if he's slightly He's not even slower Yeah He's he's actually more manoeuvrable He could have actually Threatened them Yeah There was a there were, Yeah two units of dogs One of them Could have
0: at least got down To the trebuchets Couldn't they Somehow Yeah they even wouldn't if, Even they, if it took they a couple might of even, turns. They might
2: not even win The combat against the trebuchet But But they tie them up Yeah exactly Yeah Yeah and I think probably for a bit. I think but after probably, a while, all all the units were in combat anyway, so yeah, they couldn't be shot. At. Yeah, 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 true. Aye, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because we had
0: so few units. Because it's a thousand point battle. Actually, the Trebuchets are. Yeah, they're not so half so much use after second or third turn. Yeah, yeah. Aye. Aye, I think I think that would have been very different if the Demon Prince had still been up around the main uh, battle. And could have charged in the side of the big night bus, or, um, or just held up my lord and stopped him taking out the shrine, basically. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
2: Uh yeah. Again, ignoring the flyers, use, using my using my freedom, Prince. Well, I say free. I mean, a lot. Yeah. A lot of my army is very easy to beat because I'm yeah. playing. Because I'm playing <laughs> for that. Freedom yeah, exactly. Because you've
0: paid the points to get the magic <laughs> that'll get you that
2: prince. <laughs> um. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, but um.
0: Do you think you'll change anything for the tournament?
2: I'm not convinced that I should have a sorcerer. Oh, a level one sorcerer there who had one spell that didn't do much. Yeah. There's a lot of armour about nowadays mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think Laura Slanish does it. Laura Shadow might have been better so I can actually we- properly weaken your movement. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And... Uh, but I think a Chaos Lord being in there, because the standard way of rolling on the Eye of the Gods table again is to win challenges. Uh, there was one challenge went in. I think if I had a Chaos Lord, there's not much that will. You've only got a, a maximum two hundred fifty points to spend on yeah. your, on your, on your Lord, mm-hmm. on, and there can be very few people who, having a thousand points to spend, will have, will find something that will beat a Chaos Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would win that and get another roll on the eye of the gods table once I've won the challenge yeah yeah could make him even tougher well and could make him into another demon prince yeah with all the, with all the magical items that he already had yeah
0: oh right you keep them uh huh so he's a super demon prince yes <laughs> yeah cool I'd That's like to see that I'm looking forward to seeing your game's whether we'll get to watch them or not, I suppose probably will. all will be playing at the same time, but hearing whether you get like three demon princes out on
2: any of your uh, on any of your games. Well, I've got three demon. I've <laughs> Pr- got three demon prince models just in case. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, but I'll be uh, <laughs> practicing again in the weekend. I'll be playing Joe. Are you going down there the weekend, Cole? Going down on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. will yeah. yeah. be playing Neil. Been down uh, playing with brother as well. Be playing um, Sedition Wars. I think push him into playing that. Yeah which uh, is going to be my next game after after September. Yeah. I very much see well, myself Battle as more of a Battle Brothers hmm? Once Battle Brothers is out the way. Yeah, very much see myself as a polygamer gamer, which is a phrase that just came out in this uh a What? polygamer gamer. This phrase that, was, that came out a couple of weeks ago in the D6 generation. So okay, I think Russ Wakeland made it up, <laughs> right? polygamer rather what? than a mono gamer <laughs> having OSE, oh, right? Like okay. to play several games uh, <laughs> rather than just rather than just the one. I think Warhammer is more of a mono game. Aye, yeah, because it's so damn complicated. Well, we just
0: discovered, I had, it took me half of the game to remember the bloody combat rules. Yeah. You were <laughs> like, playing 7th edition
2: in your head for quite quite yeah, a while. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was like, weapon
0: skills higher? Does that mean you get an extra? No, that's a three, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> it always takes me a while to get back into it. So yeah, big rules. Ne- next time, well, yeah. After, sep- after September, we'll try playing this with Kings of War rules. <laughs> Yeah, and see how we go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm up for a game of uh, Sedition Wars though. Looks quite cool. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it looks. Yeah, I th- just played. i uh, still just played that one game with Dylan, but I think that could be very nice, and no reason not to play it without using the squares, just using a tape measure, right. slightly more open. There's a lots of what I like about it is a lot of. Um, Objective-based missions—you'll know, get um, getting to um, a certain security point to open up doors. Getting right. uh, is your victory condition. Um, killing a certain number yeah. doesn't come up as much. So uh, yeah, I'm really interested in that, and uh, I'll be painting up the models as well. Cool painting, eh? Haven't done that in a while. <laughs> he formed, basically formed it out <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> contract painting <laughs> mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, um, Bad Dice it was earlier no no helen Hammer sorry and Wayne what's his face was talking about uh, painting
2: some Contract stuff. He must do. He does now. Yeah. Yes, he must I, do I think it's him, Brian painting. Carmichael, uh, who's on the show a lot. Yeah. they they now have they now have a company that they. Uh,
0: or oh, is that a company? Is it right? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, he was just talking business. About, he was just talking about how many. Like he had someone like eighty models to paint or something. That he's just finished. That's mental. I mean, I suppose it's different. So you're getting paid for it, but still, it's got to get dull after a while. I suppose you could, people that really like it, they must really enjoy it. But yeah.
2: Wayne Kemp I don't know he 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 can't actually say what his job is <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> he can't say what his what job on is on the podcast no oh <laughs> well, if you listen but to this Wayne somehow, send us a send us a, a secret
0: tweet telling us what your actual job is is it secret in some way <laughs> It does not heard it that doesn't
2: keep him busy because no. he does a lot of his painting at work yeah, I've not heard that in the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah so um, I think are we done with our with our battle report, I suppose. I think so. I don't like long battle reports. I like no, no. Um, the, my favorite battle reports are especially on podcasts or ones where the key moments are yeah. the key moments are filled in, uh, and and that's it. Yeah, I discuss the key moments in, in detail. Yeah. and the whole turn by turn. So yeah. I th- I think the key points just to reiterate are. I did well to hold up your hold up your night unit from appearing from appearing in the main combat. Yeah, yeah, But I was too fussy again with your with your flyers, mm. and I didn't use my <coughs> demon prince to my advantage. I did entirely the wrong thing with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just should have. T- t- yeah, you did well holding up the night bus, but then should have actually done something to take advantage
2: of that hold up. Yeah, it's uh, really but being able to plan ahead and knowing how many turns and half turns it would be yeah. before you did get each of your units there that, that's a big yeah. part of the game Yeah, uh, that I'm still needing some practice at but yeah. I think I will get in the coming months Yeah,
0: and I really enjoyed having two characters that can actually stick up for themselves <laughs> so fired in that lord and just actually tried fighting people you know and usually most I don't know why but most of the time when I'm my arm. Well, I do know why. Because I don't really power up my characters. Cause I tend to, I tend to go for a volume of infantry or cavalry rather than powered up individuals. Right. But in that build, I've got to a really good BSB and a really good lord uh, at the expense of infantry or cavalry. Because I've only
2: got one bloomin' unit. I've only got <coughs> the knights. Aye, and I've got. But the, like I said, uh, I suppose you're you're then wondering if there's something that there's a lord out there to trump you. Yeah. Uh, like but, if I had a chaos lord that challenge would have gone very differently.
0: Yeah. But there's not I don't know, there's yeah, I think the I think the Bretonian characters can be
2: as powerful as any in the any of the game. The they're, they're one of the few things that actually have a heroic killing blow. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that that lord there with his um first strike heroic killing blow is is uh, a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty lethal combination, yeah. And the BSB even as well with his um, extra strength and make you re-roll your saves, along with like extra uh, defense as well. He's well good, and yeah, yeah. we we'll have to play with that still.
2: Okay, so that's the that's cool. the key bits of that. Yep, bow report. Um, no worries, and uh, we'll uh,
0: yeah look forward to the next game. So thanks very much for listening folks uh, That's all for this week uh, Just want to tie up by saying uh, We love to get feedback in the show Obviously uh, And we're always looking for new topics We've got a few great suggestions For a couple of extra, uh, a couple of um, next episodes uh, On Twitter uh, From uh, Malcolm from uh, Contested Ground Just recently So we'll hopefully be chatting about some of that stuff soon um, so, but if you want to get in touch and uh, let us know what you think about the podcast, give us some feedback let us know what could be improved or what extra topics you want talked about uh, you can get me on uh, at GamerColin on Twitter you can get me um, on email at uh, podcast at DicingWithDesign.com and you can go to our website and give us comments on the uh, podcast episode itself at DicingWithDesign.com as well And we're all hosted by thepodcasthost.com. So you can go there if you wanted to uh, have any podcasting antics yourself. Uh, And obviously you can get Grant and Joe uh, as well. Grant is at Grant Sensei on Twitter and Joe is at uh, Prince. Okay, so thanks very much for listening and uh, hopefully we'll see you next time.